Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Rebellio. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Shell Cottage Radio. I'm your host, Ezra, a.k.a. Bill, also known as Sir Ezra the Watchful, History of Magic Professor, the Flannel Wizard, obviously. Yours truly, me. Please welcome your lovely design witch, the fascination of fourth year, and my wonderful co-host and yours, Lottie, a.k.a. Fleur. Hello, and welcome back to our little cottage on the outskirts of Tinworth. This is our segment, Harry Potter Hangout. Theories from Tenworth. Where we discuss additional thoughts and theories from the wizarding world. And today, we'll talk about the door. The Dumble Door. Dumble Door, Griffin Door, Dumble 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 Door. Let's go. Fitting for Halloween. I don't know if it's really fitting, but we have read the entire book. Dumbledore, The Life and Lies of Hogwarts' Renowned Headmaster, an unofficial exploration by Irvin Cateman. Yes, and let me tell you, this was amazing. So insightful and such a new perspective on little things that happened throughout the series. It was just so fun to read it together. And our keyboards were steaming. What do you say? You know, when uh, they're so they hot, they're were... on fire because we had so many ideas, yeah. so many things to write down, taking notes. It wasn't a goblet of fire. They were keyboards of fire. Okay? <laughs> so... All right, but before we dive in, sweetie, how's it going? What kind of weekend is it? And how are you feeling? Yeah, so um, I'm great. I'm good. Uh, it's been a Harry Potter weekend. Really? That's all Truly. we've done. We've, <laughs> we literally just listened to this book um, starting on Friday, then Saturday. Actually, we started even before that, I believe. I forget what, yeah. at one point, like Thursday night, I think we were listening to it. Um, I probably started two weeks ago, and then I was like, no, we got to listen to it together because it's so good. Now, uh, in, in all seriousness, though, the, the person who reads this, we've been listening to it and reading it as well. Yeah. Um, but the person who reads it, their voice is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. It's I forget the guy's name here. Let me look, look him up real quick. But I also fell asleep to this book. I wasn't times. sure if it, if it was an AI voice at first, which is not a bad sign. It's narrated by Richard Trinder. And I could be wrong, but I think when I looked him up, he played one of the Death Eaters, perhaps? He, yes, I think you said that. Richard Tr- Trinder. And I don't know. I don't actually know his voice or whatever, so someone fact-checked me on that. But, I mean, when you look up Richard Trender, he's got some audio production stuff that he does, actor, audiobook narrator, and so on. So if that's the same guy, it looks like. I mean, that's freaking awesome. Um, Augusta Rook, uh, oh, yeah, Augustus <gasps> Rookwood is he who he played. He played Rookwood in Order of the Phoenix. So we've wow, got like a uh, it's so in that perspective you have fun. like a Death Eater telling you the story of Dumbledore. Dumbledore, that's awesome. crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's also a Halloween weekend, so on Tuesday it's Halloween, uh, and I feel like we're in a true 
witch's cottage right now because we have the ambience video on we have the fire going yeah. we have a soup simmering because it's raining outside it's like the perfect halloween october weekend right now and we since we met we were like gosh we can't wait for a rainy october day in the fall to just listen to an audiobook all weekend long and oh, relax yeah. and and that's what we did this weekend it was it was so much fun and we actually wanted to record last night but we just plowed through the whole book last night mm -hmm. we said no we have to let's do it tomorrow when gotta we finish it. it yeah it was so it was good. really good i mean I, I at first i'm listening i thought okay lottie's just gonna listen to this she's <laughs> gonna tell me about it or whatever and then she's reading it one day um over here in the living room and then decides you know what i'm gonna listen to it and then maybe is it okay if i listen to it and right you know, do you have any credits on audible and i said oh, let's let's go check it out um and she she orders it starts listening to it and i instantly within minutes i was like hold on let me get my phone and i get my phone and i pull up my notes and i'm like well that's interesting that's interesting you know i just started taking notes yeah yeah and then and then from that um we'll talk about this at the end but all of a sudden questions came up which develop into theories it's I mean, not to dive right into it here, but it's yeah. highly debatable stuff. I mean, the, the author right. even says, hey, feel free to kind of um, go back and forth with, with me a bit. Like, it, right. you know, you may not agree with all the things that I say. And he references other folks that are great Harry Potter writers that he also himself disagrees with. And we've met some of those writers yes. actually over at LeakyCon recently. So right. it's great. Um, yes, and Albus Dumbledore is such a uh, dividing character. Is that how you could say it? <laughs> He's very not just black and white there's so many layers to this character and the the author describes it very well the way he reads every single time he does a reread of the series he starts off loving dumbledore he's this omniscient character it provides protection and guidance to harry yes right so he's basically like a withered onion that as you <laughs> peel at first, you're like, oh, I cannot oh, wait to throw goodness. some of this onion into my soup. But if you throw the whole onion in your soup, the whole thing, and you don't have the proportions oh right, then it's basically, it gets a little too much onion. <laughs> first of all, so is there any skilled artists out there who can make an onion Dumbledore? That would be awesome. That would be cool. And since you said onion and soup, I need to like uh, turn off the stove real quick. Okay. The soup smells great, by the way. I can't wait to eat some good soup after this episode. Um, anyway, yeah, so Dumbledore is such a great, awesome, interesting character that he says many books have been written about him in the series, in in the universe, and in our Muggle universe now, too. People write articles about him, and Irvin um, just wrote this whole compendium of those articles. Uh, yeah, and it makes it, for me, we're going to dive right into it. Uh, in a second but it makes Dumbledore for me more human and just emphasizes that he's extremely intelligent and that he dedicated his life to fighting evil and yeah I'm just um I'm just ready to talk about it what about you well um yeah I like it I like this a lot I think it does make Dumbledore more um shows a more human side of him because for sure when you first read it you you think to yourself this guy knows absolutely everything and then when we as we get older and we go back and we reread the series over and over again you start to understand that things are coming from harry's point of view and there's a lot of times where they say things and i've, I've often thought this when i said this uh, this has been months ago when i was talking about how the way just because harry says it doesn't mean it's correct look at all the right. incorrect assumptions that he comes to yes. uh, about snape or others in the series and you're like well you're close right but you're not entirely right 
And so that also jades or can affect how we look at Dumbledore mm-hmm. or how we don't look at Dumbledore when we should be looking at Dumbledore. So, yes. And yeah. he's not the only one. It's, I mean, Dumbledore has so many followers around him that are completely blindly loyal to him that they would do anything that he says. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, Hagrid, I, he, he would do anything for, for Dumbledore. He says that multiple times. McGonagall is always behind what Dumbledore says. And Snape is bound to kind of obeying Dumbledore's orders, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, good point. Dumbledore's a Gryffindor. So he's oh he's a popular guy, you know what I mean? Yes, and, and he loves his Gryffindors. Gryffindor, Gryffindor, Gryffindor. <laughs> okay, how are we gonna do this? Um, just like the author, we're we gonna go book by book and just talk about some important points regarding Dumbledore in every single book. And we're gonna start off with Philosopher's Stone. And what struck me most in Philosopher's Stone was the grand setup for Harry. And his friends to face how he calls him Quirrell Mort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this entire thing was a setup for Harry to to test his skills and and to c- gain some confidence. And it's so interesting how he describes Dumbledore wants everything to be in a very controlled setup, right? Yeah. So for probably now, so Harry is 11. He was attacked. His parents were attacked when he was one. So for 10 years. Dumbledore had time to do other things to figure out what's going on with Voldemort um, to prepare for the chosen one to come to Hogwarts. Yep. And now he's here. And Irvin describes that he wasn't really ready or he didn't think that Harry would have to test his skills so soon. Dumbledore at this point knows, of course, about the prophecy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Dumbledore knows at some point Harry Potter and Lord Voldemort will have to yes. will have to find it out. He does not know that Harry will still be a student, a teenager when he has to fight Dumbledore uh, <laughs> when he has to fight Lord Voldemort. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean unless he's fighting for a grade and and right. transfiguration or something. Yeah. Uh, I, so so really yeah, the idea that you get from this this whole book and I know you're talking about Philosopher's Stone mm-hmm. is that Dumbledore anticipates him because of the prophecy fighting Harry much, or I'm sorry, wow, she did the same thing. <laughs> Double torn Harry. Um, he time. anticipates Harry fighting Voldemort much later in life when he is of, uh, yeah. you know, middle aged or kind of working for the Ministry of Magic. Yes. And he's seasoned yes. and he is skilled and experienced, right? He wants to prepare, yeah. prepare him for that. Exactly. That is, there is no thought of Horcruxes on anyone's mind whatsoever. Right. At all. Because the prophecy literally just says that they will face each other, that neither can live while the other is, you know, alive or whatever. Exactly. So, yeah. got to fight. So, Dumbledore is not really, yeah, researching Horcruxes at this point at all, because he doesn't really know about it yet. Yeah. And the other thing that he's looking th- into and wanting to, I think, if, to to frame this for, for Sorcerer's Stone and going into the Chamber of Secrets, mm-hmm. is what the prophecy also says is that he will have power that the Dark Lord knows not, right? Or that he will have a power that the Dark Lord doesn't have or something, yeah. right? So. Yeah. So what is that power? I mean, I think Dumbledore can guess or, or, or figure it out, but we're going to mm-hmm. watch and see this boy develop and see what is he made of? You know, does he understand yes. the power of love? Like, I mean, Dumbledore is instantly already, before any of this starts, going and casting the Bond of Blood charm over Petunia's house and things. Right, and right. so he knows there's ancient love magic kind of going on there and and gets that, but he'll want to see that in Harry and, and maybe, you know, I mean, Sort of, I think a lot of times in this, Dumbledore is comparing Harry to his own youth. 
right? Ooh. And he's thinking about like when he learned these lessons and then the the rate at which he became sort of this kind, loving, um, passionate, you know, person or whatever. And then it's yeah. sort of like he's expecting Harry to to get to where he is at the same time or to have the yes. same ups and downs or whatever. But we'll learn later on, and even in this book, um, Irving kind of points out that uh, Dumbledore underestimates Harry. He does, and I love how he later says, you're the better man, Harry. Yeah. You know, yeah, and sure. even in this book, he gets a big glimpse of how what Harry's made of and what his personality is like. Uh, when he tells him very few wizards could have done what you've or could have seen what you've seen in the mirror of Arisad after he returns from, um, you know, underneath the school, under the trap door and um, diving right into the protections. So as a as a child reading this, it's fun. You don't pay too much attention to how easy or difficult they are and how they're perfectly tailored to Harry's friends. But now on the reread it becomes very, very apparent that, first of all, we have a door on the third floor mm -hmm. that you can open with a basic Alohomora charm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's no where problem. it starts. Standard book of spells. First years can open this door, even though like Hermione is probably a little more advanced than the usual, the, the average first year. Right. I mean, you could also use a muggle trick and just pick the lock as well. And Harry's from the uh, muggle row, Hermione as well. <laughs> you know, there you go. Yeah. So. There yeah, you go. Yep. Easy. Get in there. Mm -hmm. um, and then he points out that Fluffy was probably just there to keep Quirrell away long enough because he knew about most of the other protections once they were installed, right? Because Quirrell provided a protection himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was trying to figure out what guards the stone for the longest time when the protections were not there yet once the teachers had installed all their protections, which, by the way, probably didn't happen until Christmas. Mm -hmm. That's when... Quirrell needed still Dumbledore stalling for time so Harry could get ready because Quirrell if Quirrell goes there down there before Harry's ready then it would not come to the big showdown where Harry faces Quirrell Mort so yeah Fluffy was just there to kind of keep Quirrell away and then we have two different theories either for the devil snare either Neville was actually meant to come with the trio because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Dumbledore's been watching them this whole year and he's seen definitely Hermione and Ron are the closest friends. Then Neville, he shows up actually in a lot of the adventures they do. Yeah. So he goes to the nightly duel with Draco, even though that was a coincidence. Then he's also there when they try to get rid of Norbert. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that leads to him being there when they um, serve their detention in the Forbidden Forest. Mm -hmm, yep. So you could think that Neville is becoming, you know, one of them, one of their group. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I think that's what Irvin does a good job of is he sort of says like you have the idea. I mean, because he does he doesn't buy that, though, actually. So what's right. interesting is he brings that up as as a theory sort of in the book is that is that maybe Neville was meant to be along with this group. Um, but then he proposes that Nah Dumbledore is too precise about these things. But I exactly. then yeah. and, he, and he opens it up with argue as as you will. And I do argue with him. I think you're right that there's so many situations and points where in which Neville was meant to kind of be a part of this group. Mm -hmm. He's the only other Gryffindor, the only other person um, who seems to be close enough to even be potentially in the group, if that right. makes sense. And he's also the only other person at the end of the story who is who is awarded points. Yes. And he does go on to have this legacy in Herbology. Exactly. So it's yep. sort of like, yeah, the test was designed there. Maybe not that Dumbledore forgets to take it out. He says perhaps um, that he just... Uh, 
Well, he doesn't think that it was put in for Neville at all, but I think it was put in for Neville, and I think it's just mm-hmm. left there because, hey, Hermione happens to be the most clever witch of her of her year. Um, and to look even further into that, twice it's mentioned. Ron's like, hey, good luck this thing was here when we fell, when we fell down. Yeah. He mentions luck once. Right. And then Harry says, hey, it's lucky that Hermione knows how to deal with this, right? Yes. So luck, whenever you use the word luck around something like that, it's a clue that... There's a, I mean, there's a word choice there. There's a mm-hmm. reason the author uses the word luck. And for us, and as you go back and anal- super analyze this, you yeah. can make the case that, well, yeah, they're lucky. Um, maybe somebody else was supposed to be there who was more uh, capable or who mm-hmm. could have guided them more in that in getting past that task. And yeah. so that's that's what this bake this, this whole book bake book does is is allows you to debate those points back and right. forth. You right. know what I mean? Some of these. Uh, different theories so yeah. a theory is proposed um, and then it's debatable other other authors and, and groups or people uh, blogs muggle net and so on are referenced to kind of show varying viewpoints yes. on these things in the fandom and which is which so is awesome fun. yes yeah and i think we can agree on maybe they thought okay neville being very smart in herbology could have at least recognize, okay, this is Devil's Snare and this is what you need to do, even though he might not be capable of himself conjuring up the fire. But it's true that Hermione's specialty of this year was to conjure up fire. And Snape is witness to that a couple of times, mm-hmm. even though, you know, he could pro- he probably figured out that Hermione was the one setting his ropes on fire during the Quidditch match. Mm-hmm. He also has mentioned that... Um, they are outside in the courtyard and Hermione has conjured up a fire because it's so cold out there. Yeah. And they quickly gather around the fire so Snape wouldn't see it because he was um, lumping towards them, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and is that how you say it? Limping. Limping. <laughs> I love it. It's so cute. You need to help me. No, I was, th- I was just going to I, I was gonna just move What's right lumping? along. I didn't want to derail you on your point. <laughs> so if you're lumping, that's yeah. like a lump of something. If you have a lump on your arm... Or if you are, but if and if you're lumping, you might just be. I don't know what you're doing exactly, but you're limping. That's for sure. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, it's so, so cute when you do those things. You know, limping. English as a them. second language, folks. Here you go. Hi. Comedy on the fly. Hi, there she is. <laughs> so he probably saw that fire too, and he yeah. probably reported that to Dumbledore. Hey, Hermione, uh, like he, she can conjure up fire really well. Right, so even if he was de- I mean, d- deciding whether or not to take that right. t- that protection out mm-hmm. or not, he could say, well, Hermione's got it covered. Yes. She'll know. But what's interesting is that she's clever enough that she paid attention in herbology and yeah. knew to use that. It's yeah. not, it's, 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 it's two things. Okay, she has the skill, she knows the spell to do it, but they almost lose Ron because she's like, why yeah. didn't I think of it before, right? Right. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. True. We're slow, we're slow to think about it. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's not her favorite class or whatever, but she has the skill to do so. And she's thinking, okay, plant, Ooh. devil snare, herbology. What did we learn? And honestly, this might be the task um, now that we're talking about it. This might be the challenge where it was good to kind of cover it through two people because sure. it was the deadliest of them all. If you True. think about it, the True. flying keys, you can't really die there. The, I mean, the chess pieces, would they really knock you out so you die? I don't I, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. The troll, they have managed, the three of them have already fought a troll together. Right. Well, through the potions, they said some of them were deadly, but I also doubt they were, would, would have been. You know, they're poisonous. Some potions, yeah, if, you, right. if you didn't solve the riddle the right way. 
Right. I think they would just knock. I think you would want to, if, if you're Dumbledore, yeah. you wouldn't want to kill someone no. trying to get there. So I think it's just it was you would want to like incapacitate threat. them. Threat, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And so the devil snare actually could have killed them, though. So that yeah, was... I mean, that, almost that's why gets was, Ron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, I mean, Neville should have been there. But, yeah. and that's the thing is he's all along the way mm-hmm. popping up, trying to be a moral compass for them, sort of, right? And, and yeah. sort of like trying to help them with points. And he's there. He's also, by the way, the other one that, that he's the other... The other chosen the one. Other chosen oh, one. The almost chosen the one. The <laughs> almost chosen one. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. makes total sense that Dumbledore would think, I bet he's going to be involved in this somehow. Yeah. Because if he's trying to, to figure, you know, wade mm-hmm. through all of that, for sure. Why, why, why wouldn't he be somebody that you would have on that radar to yeah. say, I wonder how this guy is going to play into all of this? Yeah. So. Yeah. I like that theory. And uh, credit to Lori Kim, who wrote the Snape book. Irvin quotes her on that. She, yeah. she came up with the idea where, you know, is in her book, at least, that uh, Neville might might have been part of that or should have been part of that. Which that's our next squad. big <laughs> dive, by the way, too, when we go yes. to our next little so read fandom book. book. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so they move on to the room with the flying keys. And, of course, we know Harry is a superb flyer and seeker. Um, and there is more than one broomstick to solve this task, right. which means it's designed for more than one person. There's yeah. not a yeah. specific number of brooms, but there's enough for all, all three, three of them. them to so get on the- there might have been four or five brooms. You uh-huh, know? for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, they catch the, the key together, and then we have the chessboard. Mm-hmm. And this is also no secret that Ron and Harry have been playing chess almost all year. And Ron's really, really good at it. And um, yeah, it makes sense that this is his big moment. By the way, his big moment is going viral right now on TikTok. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it is. Not me. Not you. Me. Me. What's he say? Not, not you. Hermione, not me. Not not you. Not What's Hermione. What's he say? <laughs> me. You, you. Not me. Not Hermione. You. Yeah, well, there we go. Let's get it right. Mm. <laughs> no, Ron, no. <laughs> so Ron actually does get hurt. Again, it probably was not exactly planned that Ron would get hurt in this match. Yeah, that he would be he riding the knight and would... Yeah. yeah. But it was a possibility if you think about it. Um, and then they, the, the one that's not in the movies... So movie watchers really... Well, they could just argue, okay, Hermione's task was the devil's snare. But we know in the book, they have to solve a logic puzzle Mm -hmm. that Snape provides that is very, very specific for only one person getting to the last chamber. Yeah, for sure. So there's only enough for one person to drink the potion that will get you through the flames to the last room. And we don't really know how much is in the bottle with the potion that gets you back. But there the was, a, but, but it seems like there yeah. was enough uh, to get more than one person yes. back. Yeah. So let's say Ron and Hermione both made it to that room. They right. both would have probably had enough to get back or even, you know, Neville, Ron and Hermione. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Um, and that's clearly designed to only have Harry in the last room to face off Quirrell Mort because he knows Harry really can't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harry's protection, Lily's protection, still runs in his veins, mm-hmm. and Quirrell can't touch him. Right. Yeah, and so uh, it's designed to train him, give him that chance to face Voldemort, and and we we all see this at the end of. Uh, we, I think you and I talked about this when mm-hmm. we did our reread, is that Harry and Ron and Hermione start to kind of wonder, hey, maybe. Dumbledore meant for you to have the cloak. Maybe he meant for you to go in and do all yeah. of this. They themselves say that. And it's a clue to the reader that like, right. wink, wink, he did. 
This is, if you think it was too well planned out, it's because it was. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and he did design this to kind of train Harry a little bit. And um, I think it's even interesting, too, at the end of this, he goes a step further in, in noting that when when Dumbledore arrives back at the school, he's gone very quickly and he comes back yes. and he's sort of waiting for Ron and Herm- uh, Hermione to come out of the... He already um, knows everything. Yeah, he already knows. what you know. He's, he already says he's gone for it, right? Where is he yeah. at? And he's yeah. freaking out because, well, he didn't expect Ron to get hurt. He thought they right. would just, you know, come rush back. back out and go yep. get help. Like, Harry has to go on. Harry, you go on. We'll go get help, right? Or whatever. Yeah. So we made it. Th- we helped you get to this point. You go on. We got this. We'll go get whoever we can right. and tell them what's up. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, Dumbledore seems to know like this was going down. Right. Some say he didn't even go. He didn't even leave the school. Maybe he, he just maybe he just hid in his office the whole time. You know, he didn't even go to London. Who knows? Right. Because he's back so quickly and, and, and at the right time. He says an owl or he, I think he he's at least says he arrived in London and then he turned right around because he knew he was needed. Mm-hmm. at school yeah so we don't know if that's actually true or he and, never went right and half truths <laughs> are also the thing that dumbledore deals in right yeah. like not telling everybody everything that uh that he's thinking or that he did or whatever mm-hmm. it's just a bit just enough to be truthful but not all of it so. right i thought a very interesting point though that i never considered was that most protections weren't in, in place until after christmas and that the mirror might have been in dumbledore's office for most of the year mm-hmm. yeah because cool. uh, uh, <laughs> It does make you wonder. The mirror is or provides a perfect protection for the stone. Mm-hmm. If you want it and you want to use it, you can't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only the one who wants it, seeks it, but does not want to use it can get it. So Dumbledore himself would be able to get it. And as we now know, Harry was able to get it. Yeah. So and, why and even come up with other protections if not to train Harry and his friends to work together as a team and, and make it through all those challenges? Right. Irvin also says that he believes um, Dumbledore did not anticipate for Harry to be that able was interesting, yeah. to retrieve the stone. He thought that only he would be able to retrieve the stone. And so he thinks, wow, interesting that Harry saw it. That's yeah. confusing, right? Yeah. Harry sees it and he's like, oh, I know how to get it. Like, right. I can see it's in my pocket. I got it. Like, I'm mm-hmm. a- it's mine. It's here mm-hmm. it is because I don't, I don't need or want to use it. Um, and he did not expect that. He would think a young boy would want have his own plans or yeah. aspirations like he did. Uh, would be ambitious enough to say, I'm going to use that for something. Yeah. Right. But he's like, I have no, no, I just want to keep it from, from, from Quirrell. And so he gets it. But yeah, the other tasks there are simply meant to sort of slow Quirrell down when he makes his move or to slow them down or to train them or what have you. Uh, One of the things is that like, that I think he, he proposes is, to have all those obstacles in place so that way that when the, that the mirror is not just, you know, in the first months of school, you get past Fluffy, run down, grab the mirror, yeah. throw it in in some sort of magical bag that right. you have, and out, yeah, out you go, yeah. right? And Bye. then he can figure yeah. it out right. later somewhere else right. and leave Hogwarts. That's why he doesn't think that it was there at all for, yeah, for exactly. most of the year. Yes. Um, it's only there when, when Harry and team are sort of ready to get there after the Forbidden Forest. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's timed up perfectly that mm-hmm. Dumbledore says, hey, here's your cloak back that you dropped and forgot. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, here's that cloak. You're going to need it. You know, two times he gives it to him, right? Yeah. And then he's also learned that, oh, he's learned from Forenzi, hey, Voldemort might be trying to steal the old stone up in there. Drops that bit of knowledge on him. And then he says, how the heck does Forenzi know that? Is that Mars written in the bright tonight, baby? Right. Is that <laughs> written in the stars? I mean, who told him? Who told yeah. him that? Is he just all knowing? 
That's crazy. So it's a, that one is sort of a guess for everybody. But um, oh my gosh, yeah. I forgot. Yes, and there's so much there actually in the Forbidden Forest with the centaurs. Bane says it is written in the stars that Harry was gonna get ki- is gonna get killed mm-hmm. by the Dark Lord in the Forbidden Forest. Yeah, and then fast forward seven years, mm-hmm. there Harry is getting killed by Voldemort in the Forbidden Forest. Yeah, so it was actually true. He was right. He was just then off on Harry his returned though to life, but he was for a moment killed by, yeah. by Voldemort. Right. Uh, yeah. So what was kind of funny to me, like a theory that Irvin proposed was that Dumbledore still wanted to teach Harry how the mirror works. So he wouldn't just, you know, see that object for the first time when he faces Quirrellmort. Yeah. So he gives him the cloak around like right before or for Christmas. And then on Christmas night, Harry goes out to find, uh, to, to try and find, what is he? Oh yeah. He goes to the library to figure out more about Nicholas Flamel at that right. time. And he says, okay, Dumbledore probably followed him the whole time. Cause he knows the third night Dumbledore is just there and knows what Harry's been up to. And the thought of Dumbledore though, like, yeah, Dumbledore's followed him around and, and right at the moment when Harry... Because how did Harry en- end up in the exact room while he was fleeing from Filch in the exact room where the mirror was? Mm-hmm. And Irvin says, well, Dumbledore just put it there right before. And I'm yeah. just like imagining a Dumbledore carrying the mirror <laughs> yeah. I- around the school and then he like can see Harry maybe read his mind. Oh, he's about to enter in this room. And he's like, whoop, here you go. Right. I do think there is a way, though, <laughs> that he could quickly Probably put it he, in there. He can, I mean, he could I mean, use... we have Hermione has a bag that's about as big as her palm that carries a sword oh, true, and has all these true. other things in it, yeah, books and stuff, ways. right? Um, <laughs> so there's some there's charms and things that I think you could do to just sort of like boom, magically make it. When Guardian Leviosa pop in there, go, yeah, then, it's just there. Yeah, I know, but it just was such a funny thing to think like Dumbledore just oh, he's wheeling it around, hiding behind corridors. Yeah, like, yeah, it's funny. Don't break the mirror. Yeah, but, um, so yeah, fascinating. I mean, just fascinating to think. Philosopher's Stone is just such a wonderful book and always, always has a place in my heart for Christmas. It's, we're getting closer to Christmas and I can't wait to watch it for Christmas over and over again, so. Same. Um, the, a very new light he's shown on the la- very last part of Philosopher's Stone and how it leads to the event in Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. So Dumbledore's, we always kind of smile at Dumbledore's way, how he awards points last minute. And yes, it was for the young audience who was rooting for the Gryffindors and not really, you know, like Slytherins were kind of the enemy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's such an in their face move to wait till last minute till the feast's almost over. All the decorations say Slytherin won. Yeah. Slytherins are so happy. And he even describes like first he was like Draco, that's the first time they compete in this ch- this house championship and it's it means so much to them. They just won, you know. And and it's not I mean Slytherin, they're smart kids in there. Oh, they yeah. earned it. They're not it's I mean it's not it can't just be Snape who gives them points all the time, right? Right. Right. It must be other teachers too. So they probably earned it. And Dumbledore just goes in there and full well knowing he full well calculated how many points do I have to give to Ron, Hermione, and Harry so they tie and then I just crush them by giving Neville 10 points last minute. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> he went ahead and designed this whole year uh, for them to have an obstacle course where in which he could award them right. points. 
and which is crazy. He could have rewarded them 500 points if they were 500 points behind Slytherin, you know? Right, yeah, exactly. It is sort of uh, in your face, and it's very... Um, yeah, just the way it's done is is not not, not cool. very fair. No, not cool, As not fair. And I know it's a kid's book, and it's just meant to be like, oh my gosh, cool, look, we got you. Yeah, you know, sort of it thing. Is. Yeah. But um, again, Irvin will kind of credit uh, J.K. Rowling for being a really clever writer and saying. Yeah. Hey, if you look even closer, it seems like that really, as this is your point here, uh, ticks off Lucius Malfoy and Draco Malfoy as they right. go into the summer right. and get ready for Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. Chamber of Secrets is supposed to be a year off. Okay. Right. Got some training done. Now let's get back to actual academics. Exactly. And, and he thinks Voldemort is Vapormort <laughs> somewhere right. in Albania again. Like, you know, no threat to Harry right now. And we have time to train Harry, educate Harry like a normal boy for a while, but he underestimates or he didn't at all have Malfoy on his mind who Draco just comes home complaining to his dad about Dumbledore all summer long. Yes. Right. And it's also interesting. So y you want that year of, of calmness or not, you know, this chaos, uh, I mean, chamber of secrets opening and almost shuts the school down. It's like yeah. Quirrell Mort almost could have shut the school down. A teacher has died. You know, and I love yes. I love I love the puffs play because they just kind of make light of that. To like, so like a teacher died last year. Is anyone going to say anything about it? Nope. nope. Moving right along, and you're like, wow. Um, kind of interesting though. Parents, what, yeah. what's the explanation there? Uh, wow. Harry, Harry killed a teacher. Now to think <laughs> like also, no one no, no one really talks about that in the, in in the fandom. But I don't. What's the? No, no. Hang on a second. Also. Yeah. Kind of cruel. I mean, yes, Dumbledore probably says, okay, Quill has made his choice. I can't help him, but I can use him. He uses him. He uses him to train Harry. Yeah. He, Even though he probably knew what Quill was up to, kind of, he just straight out uses him and, and doesn't try to help him or, you know. Because Quirrell is also a young, I think he's a pretty young teacher. And, and the actor is like middle age or, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. I think Quirrell in the book is a little younger still. Well, and as you pointed out, he was the Muggle Studies teacher yeah, prior to. So it's not like Dumbledore is thinking, hey, I know. Like, I mean, he basically knew by assigning him to the Defense Against the Dark Arts position that this is his last year. Yeah. So yeah, he does. Know did that. he know that because he'd already been venturing out to Albania? Was there already evidence of him? You know, being uh, in in connection with him, or did mm -hmm. that did that happened really just just that previous summer yeah. or something, right? I have to go back and look more at, more at that, but I think it's interesting. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't really give him any aid or help or no. try to whatever. It's like, hey, this is. I mean, you can see him rubbing his hands together. Perfect moment. Right. Here we go. Yeah, so can train the, my guy. It's the darker side of Dumbledore here that yeah. we see. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, moving on to Chamber. Lucius' original plan was to give the diary to Harry, not to Ginny. Mm. That is a theory. I remember ta we talked about that when we covered Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. And I think I, I believe that 100% that it was the why Jenny. It mm -hmm. was just yeah. because it was an impulsive moment where Lucius and Arthur actually got into a physical fight and Lucius um, wanted to pay back. Yeah. And, and use Jenny. And I mean, it, it almost worked too, to give yeah. him credit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It almost Cause, does. Because yeah. he says, had he given it to Harry, Dumbledore would have figured it out in a heartbeat who it is. Yeah, yeah, because he's keeping a closer eye on Harry yeah. than he is on Ginny, right? Yeah, and then um, what I think is super interesting that I've never thought about, give it 
that much thought at least snape and dumbledore probably figured out what kind of monster the chamber must be fighting because Mm -hmm. yeah the the signs are clear and how many yeah how many monsters are there that could do all this stuff and react to you know parcel tongue or be how do they know again they will react to parcel tongue so one of the things that Mitch just suspected, they knew that he that he um, the heir of Slytherin, you know, would be the one who could open the chamber, and Slytherin was a known parcel mouth. Oh, okay, right? yes. So he's able to speak to snakes, and then as you note here in your notes, and as mm-hmm. Urban said, there is this idea: why teach Draco Malfoy? Why whisper to him um, to to conjure a snake? Yeah, during the duel, dueling yeah, right, club. Right. Yeah. So it's to sort of draw someone out there who might be able to. To speak to snakes or who might right. be the actual heir of Slytherin doing this whole thing, right? Because they don't yeah. really know that it's tied up in a diary and that it's being, you know, that diary is possessing Jenny Weasley and so on. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, this was an offensive weapon, an offensive yeah. horcrux, as he later calls this this horcrux. True. It's not a defensive yeah. horcrux. Oh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Offensive horcrux, which I thought was really cool. And there's two of those that he'll, that he notes. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's a great way to, you know, put it. Yeah. So. And Dumbledore knows exactly, says to McGonagall, it's not the question who, but how. Mm-hmm. He knows the yeah. whole time, like, okay, it's it's Voldemort somehow, but I don't know how he does it, because he's still in Albania, not really tethered to life, mm-hmm. wholly, at least. Yeah, and then we get into the idea that two two Voldemorts could be existing at once here, and then mm-hmm. leading into all this, he, he, he understands that, okay, Voldemort's in Albania, as far as I know, and he says that, which is interesting, he says that at the end, and I, he says it in front of... I think to I think to the Weasley's I did to go yeah. back and look, and it, he even uh, supposes that maybe Scabbers is there with the Weasley family when he says I don't know how how could this happen right yes um as he's wondering about like Vapormort is in Albania so it's curious that Voldemort was here able to possess Jenny Weasley yeah and it's the idea that he's in two places at once he has a Horcrux mm-hmm. so this so then once the Horcrux is presented to Dumbledore it's like. Um, what is this? This is the first time that he gets an idea that Voldemort is up to something. There's something yeah. way more sinister. There's now now the explanation as to why he uh, like a curse rebounded on him and it destroyed him. Yet his soul lingered on. Yeah, and there were still rumors that he was around. Makes more sense if there. Right. If this is a Horcrux. Now, now I understand more about right. what happens at Godric's huge. Hollow. Yeah, it was yeah. huge for the for the rest of the se- series to put that horcrux in here and what is also intriguing to think about how did dumbledore know about so much that's been going on in the chamber of secrets like when mm-hmm. harry and ron try to tell him he knows a lot again and we get that idea okay he's just omniscient he just knows things yeah yeah but there's an interesting theory that he mentions it's the deluminator theory mm-hmm. can you talk about more about that yeah yeah so it's interesting because any in, in Urban brings this up and he says, you don't notice this kind of stuff until you've done like your 20th reread. Yeah. Um, but when you go to the end of the series, uh, J.K. Rowling will give you a clue that the Deluminator can work in different ways. It has mm-hmm. different magic. And it actually has the ability for the user to hear someone else on the other end or when he's activating it to hear anyone or maybe certain people. Could be It could be linked to certain people. It could have just been linked to Hermione and and Harry, not anybody in the world speaking Ron, you know what I mean? But yeah. there's some sort of special magic that links that person's name uh, to the Deluminator, right. and they can then hear and listen in, almost like a spy device. Right, right. They can listen in on on people 
um, talking about them. And then if they wish to, they can activate the deluminator and they can disapparate right to that very location yeah. where they're at, which is what Ron does. So if you take that knowledge, as, as Urban does, and goes back and looks at these moments where how does Dumbledore know stuff that he should not know? Exactly. And then he yeah. says, well, what if his name was somehow um, charmed in such a way that it's linked to the deluminator mm -hmm. de and you then can go... Um, go back and look for moments where Dumbledore's name is yeah. mentioned yeah. by Harry and or Ron or Hermione yeah. but in this situation it is it is um, Harry and as you have noted here and as Irvin said there is this um, idea that Dumbledore plants in his mind that any that help will always be given at Hogwarts right yeah. uh, what's has, has he put it to those that to are those still who ask and before that right. um, he's like if none of none who are loyal to me if, or Hogwarts, I will truly be gone from Hogwarts if none are here loyal. are loyal to me. And, yeah, you know, right. the loyal to me could be, or speaking his name could be a symbol for, for loyalty towards him. Right. And he says that when in, in, in a moment when it's it's odd because he knows that Harry and Ron are under the invisibility, invisibility cloak. cloak yeah. And he just says this. He's like, I'll never truly be gone, blah, blah. It's like to Hagrid and it's a nod to them. Right. They're like, hey, um, if you need me, I'll still be here and and then use my name yeah essentially oh, yeah. mention me oh, and so yeah. yeah it's a coded message sort of that like if you use my name uh i'll, I'll hear it i'll know and i'll be able to come mm -hmm. there and give aid to you and give help or something right i mean right. along those it, lines it, it doesn't even matter it might have been the deluminator magic it could have been also a different kind of magic tied to his name though it, it seems yeah. so obvious though that that his name is involved and that after harry mentions his name that fox and the the hat show up to help to aid him yeah so yes. either because because dumbledore somehow knows to send fox in that moment mm -hmm. yeah right away and the other thing is is so later on um voldemort will turn his own name into taboo right and anybody yeah. who uses his name and that's after he gets access to the ministry of magic so you wonder if it wasn't something that had to go through a certain device or if there was a special way in which you could do it although he was all it seems like prior to his downfall that they were already calling him you know um he who must not be named or yeah. you know who right so they were saying that prior to um godric's hollow which makes you think that maybe he didn't need the mag the, the ministry to do right, it right. and he did something similar to what dumbledore did you don't really need a deluminator to do it but something mm. And maybe that's just Dumbledore's way of tying it to this device that he yeah. has another purpose to use, which I also uh, was, we were walking around the kitchen and I thought to myself, wait a second, the deluminator turns the lights off. So your sense of sight is gone and you're, yeah. and then you're more inclined to use your ears, Ear. uh, yeah. right? Your, your, your sense of hearing, right? To, to, mm -hmm. to sort of interpret the world around you. Yes. And so you're like, wow, that makes a lot of sense with what Urban is saying yeah. and what we see Ron do later on with the deluminator. So yeah. wild. I, I love that theory. It was uh, really fun to, to to think about that, yeah. And and to explain, if you if you truly come from a standpoint, okay, we assume Dumbledore's not omniscient because we know later on he just he doesn't know about Sirius in the next book mm -hmm. that Sirius is not a killer. He doesn't know about the Horcruxes. He has to figure it out. So he's not an omniscient person. He's yeah. just very clever, very clever, powerful. and uses powerful magic. Um, and this is a way to to explain things that he knows that he sh it, it does it seems like how, how does he know about that mm -hmm. he wasn't there yeah 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 for sure okay so moving into prisoner and I want to keep this a little bit shorter since that's the book we're on right now and we'll discuss a lot of it uh, in the future in in our future reread episodes 
But uh, like I just said, Dumbledore did not know that Sirius was actually innocent. And my biggest question, really, this is not really related to Dumbledore, uh, is why did Lupin never tell Dumbledore, though, that Sirius is an animagus? Mm-hmm. When he too, so Lupin too believed Sirius was a betrayer and murderer. <laughs> right. That was trying to kill Harry. But um, yeah, why yeah. didn't he do that? I mean, it, the book gives us the answer where he says like, hey, I didn't want to, I don't want to, you know, Dumbledore had trusted me and I feel like I would be, it's almost like he looked up to him as a mentor and he felt like, oh man, Dumbledore is yeah. really going to look down on me. And he already has the idea yeah. of like, I'm a werewolf. And right. so yeah. uh, I'm already looked down upon by the wizarding community. And then if Dumbledore thinks that I was going behind his back here, yeah. like this is, this is really going to be So it's almost bad. like the, but, lo- the loyalty he has to Dumbledore is in this case a bad thing. Yeah. And you know, the crazy thing is though, uh, the, like the crazy thing for Lupin here is that it's actually quite the opposite. Um, he simply needs to, as they go into, as, as he's hired, and he's whenever it dawns on him, whether it's right away, the sooner he would have said this to to Dumbledore, the better. Yeah. Um, because he get to say, you know, I never had any need. He was locked away in prison. I, there was no need to really tell you about all of our secrets and our running around and the Marauders map and all the things that we did. Dumbledore, mm. I apologize, you know, yeah. uh, and thank you for all these different things. But uh, I I want to to let you know that he probably got out. I don't know if it's going to help in any way, shape, or form. But he's an animagus, and he can yeah. he can he's unregistered, <laughs> right? And so he do, it, just saying that is is actually a big help mm. to Dumbledore and yeah. to Fudge, and they can they can figure it out. Yes. Dumbledore is actually stumped, and he's yeah. even telling Severus like, you know, where is he at? And he's like, well, how do you think he got in, yeah. sir? Yep. And he's like, I, I have several ideas as as to how he might have mm-hmm. got in here, but uh, each unlikely as the next. Yeah, and you're like, well, Lupin knows, man. Like, yeah. come on, so. That is a little bit wild, and, and she does give you the explanation because I think, yeah, everyone's wondering like, okay, why, yeah. why wouldn't he just do this? And she says, right. well, it was a, it was a, it was sort of an internal conflict that mm-hmm. Lupin was having, and I can buy it, and you, you, yeah. you believe it, but you're just sort of like, Ugh. wow, that, the stakes are really high, and this was, this would be a very valuable yeah. information. And he almost killed Harry. Yeah. He, had he yeah. wanted to kill, uh, kill Harry. All he had to do was wait until Harry was actually in that Gryffindor common room and force his way yeah. in there while he was asleep um, and get all the way in and, mm. and try to take out Harry. And he could yeah. have done it. He showed that he could. So Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving back to Dumbledore's perspective in this book is interesting when we move to the part with the time turner. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. again, we get the idea Dumbledore knows what to tell Hermione and Dumbledore knows when D- Buckbeak is about to be executed, Dumbledore knows to stall for time. And that's very, very interesting. If you, if we try to get away from the idea Dumbledore already knows everything, how does he know in that exact moment to stall for time and, and take the attention away from Buckbeak for, for a second? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? To, to, it's I too think perfect. The, I think in the book, it's just him like signing with all his names that takes so long. Mm-hmm. In the movie, they... Um, what do they do? They leave the hut, but before they turn around to see Buckbeak, he points yeah, he out calls. something in the sky on the other side or some the mountains in the back or I don't know, something. Right, and he also at one point starts towards the door and says, oh, you know, um, he mentions to the executioner, oh, you yeah. need to sign as well too. And yes, so, like, yes, everyone has you know, to sign. He, he lets everyone forget that. He sees it, lets everybody walk to the door, yeah. just get there. Oh, hold on, come on back, you know, whatever. Just every little yeah. second sort of matters there and it's... Uh, very interesting it's too precise it seems and yeah. the other thing that that Irvin mentioned that i thought was cool is as he as you walk outside 
Um, it's this is real attention to detail. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, we all have read it, but it's just kind of calling it out and noticing it here as he does, which is they start to look around the grounds for right. Buckbeak. And he was like, well, I mean, Dumbledore is like, y- you know, I mean, he does sort of like he'd be in the skies, right? You right. Know, like like he, he almost points them in the logical spot, <laughs> which is like they'd, he'd be up in the skies, you know, like someone yeah. just pop on him and ride away, fly away. Yeah. And knowing full well that that's actually not what these students would do. Right. I mean, like they're yeah. not going to just jump on him and... and, and right. I don't know. It was sort of the... He led them in the complete opposite direction that, yeah, that he already seemed to know where Buckbeak yeah, and was it's going. not it's know. not worth even going after whoever took Buckbeak, even though he, Dumbledore knows full well who would try to help Hagrid in this situation. Mm-hmm. Of course, Harry, Hermione, and Ron. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think at this point in time, Fudge is sort of like, "Hey, Dumbledore, something has to be done. I'm sorry. Like Lucius is on yeah. me about this. He's he's sort of half hearted. Like we tried. I walked in. I saw it. Dumbledore <laughs> saw it. We all we brought the executioner out there." Hey, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Oh my god. He's goodness. not really yeah. uh bent on trying to figure it all out. So. I feel like over the years Dumbledore probably gets so annoyed with Fudge and how he does things and how he always asks Dumbledore and and Dumbledore has so much better stuff to you know, more important stuff to deal with that right. than I don't know, babying Fudge. Yeah, I think if if it's not like war times and, and it's not something super serious, I think Fudge just is trying to to run the Ministry of Magic in a way that that works for him and works for the wizarding community and is, is more of um yeah in, into your laws or into relationships with Muggles and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I think he's think he's good, but when it comes to things that are super take a lot of bravery and take a lot of courage and stuff, right? He's 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 fearful and yes. he lets fear get to him, and then he starts to get suspicious of Dumbledore taking his job. But there's more to yeah. Fudge is is complicated. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but th- at this point in time, you don't think that Dumbledore knows they've gone back in time because it could also be Dumbledore could assume regard. It doesn't matter. He he probably assumes the Harry, Ron, and Hermione right now are tr- could be trying to save Buckbeak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not it, it doesn't even matter if they're he probably hasn't figured it out yet that they're going back in time. Right, and this is where he brings up, and I'll mention, so Josie Kearns, mm-hmm. and there's, um, I think the blog is still live here, yeah, Life and Lies of mm-hmm. and that's where Irvin's got a lot of references to other articles, uh, people that he's interacted with, and, and other Harry Potter writers, and, and things on MuggleNet, and so on, right, where he's got tons of stuff on here uh, that are people and articles that he's referenced, yeah. and there's different opinions on maybe what Dumbledore suspected when and when did he see a time traveling did he see a time traveling Harry or not yeah uh, did he see them at the window with with Buckbeak and Sirius and so on which is all things that as we go through the series we'd like yeah. to kind of um you know add our own thoughts right. to and, and yes. talk about with you guys yeah so. the time turner yes okay moving on to Goblet of Fire this is probably the year when Dumbledore learned that Voldemort might have more than one Horcrux. Yep. At the end of Goblet of Fire, Voldemort says, I, who have gone further than anybody along the path that leads to immortality. And this is a red flag for Dumbledore. He now suspects that that means there's many Horcruxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not just one. Yeah, and the whole thing, so with... It's a transition from prisoner to goblet. It does make mm-hmm. a lot of sense that that it was meant to be a year, another year of rest, right? It's right. Like we're not supposed. Yeah. This is not supposed to happen. Uh, matter of fact, Peter Pettigrew was fine going on just being a lazy rat. Yeah. I mean, he 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 was good, but then Sirius comes, and maybe at some point 
down the line, years later, he would go and find... Because actually, in Chamber, if he did hear um, Dumbledore talking about Vapormort in mm-hmm. Albania when he's with the Weasleys, he has all of Prisoner of Azkaban. Or, you know, he doesn't go that, that, that summer in True. between Chamber and Prisoner and find Lord Voldemort. So it's not until he is sort True. of like really... Um, Revealed, he is forced to do He's that. Forced because, to yeah, he would never have acted unless yeah, he was just scared to be to be revealed. Exactly, this whole year. Yeah, and and so so in prisoner, it's like he's just happy to kind of be. He's sort of like, oh my gosh, he's on to me. He's reading yeah. the newspaper himself. Uh, Sirius is out there now. He's back. Oh my gosh, what do I do? And do I bolt? Do I stay in Hogwarts? It seems like Hogwarts mm-hmm. is safe. Uh, He's not going to make it in here. Well, he sure as heck does. So then you, you after all of that, he is forced. He goes and he gets, uh, finds Voldemort, and he goes from Vapor Mort to Baby Mort, right? Which I love all this, this yes. new terminology that I've learned from the fandom <laughs> uh, over the years. Some of it I, I, I had acquired, but now I've like got a full list of, <laughs> thank you, Irvin, for the full list of like what we nickname the different versions yeah. of, of Voldemort. Um, but yeah, as, as he is now Baby Mort, and he's... Like they're plotting away, this connection is developing more and more between Harry and the, and the scar and the dreams, yeah. and then someone clearly has put his name in the Goblet of Fire. I thought it was interesting that Irvin also said he needed a friend. Dumbledore needed somebody else that he could kind of trust because this is like okay, back to back years now, whether it be a Horcrux or one of maybe potentially Voldemort's old mates showing up like Harry's been in trouble and we there's more going on here than I realized so he calls in some backup right and backfires on him and and this is the whole you're talking about Moody yeah like Moody yeah so then fake Moody right comes in and and so (laughs) not fake Moody yeah the, the, the whole thing is this this let's train him up I and mean, that's that's the great thing you want Harry as we said in the beginning of this he wants Harry to grow up to be a middle-aged or who was trained by Alistair Moody one of the greatest yes. right he was and hoping trained for by to be exactly yeah. he wants him to be trained up so perfect and so, teacher here yep, actually exactly knowing that it would just be one year maybe he gets in, him in this year next year he gets Kingsley yeah. Shacklebolt and then he just starts bringing in these different yeah. ors and saying we got to train Harry now I, I imagine that would be his his plan moving yeah. forward but yeah little did he know though that he actually brought in one of the most loyal death eaters that Voldemort ever had Mm-hmm. Barney yeah. Crouch Jr. Right. Yeah. Who then placed an imperious curse on his father for this whole time, and I totally forgot about that. Right. Yeah. I that was, was crazy. like, yeah, there's something up with Crouch at the end, but I forgot that when he arrives at Hogwarts, he's already under the imperious curse. Me of too. His I son. forgot that. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's why he's acting so strange. That's why he says Harry must compete. There's mm-hmm. no other way. And everyone's like, just let him. Yeah, what? Watch from the side. You make I don't the know. rules. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. you, like you're the person who is going to. No, it's the goblet. This. Yeah, it's a magical, powerful object. A, a contract. Yeah, binding, enter a con- binding. binding contract. Yep. So. Yeah, Actually, very sad. Sorry, I do, we do. I just wrote the the um, how powerful is is Barty Senior and Barty Junior and their story is very sad. Yeah, it is. Their family story. Yeah. Tragic. So. But you're right though that at the end of Goblet, the main thing that Irvin kind of points out here is this is and there's other things, but mm-hmm. the main idea here is this is when he knows for 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 sure that there's more than one Horcrux. He's yeah. been presented with the Horcrux. Now we know that Dumbledore or sorry, 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Go back as well. <laughs> that Voldemort has gone further than anyone else yeah. um, realized. Yeah. Right. He says that he confesses he split that his to soul into many pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And also there's the connections now between um, Voldemort and Harry and the wands. And this is all starting to get really, really yeah, interesting. Wa- yes. Right. As to as to how they're connected. More than Dumbledore would have ever thought. And yeah. he will figure out that even more because at this point, again, just a, just a, an update. Dumbledore knows there's many horcruxes, but he doesn't know yet that Harry is one of them. No. Yeah. I, I, I yes. And, and, we're going to do a short at some point, like when exactly did he know that yeah. uh, Scarcrux, as yeah. Irvin will call it, is a is a thing? Yeah. When does he know that that's an actual thing? Yes. He, and, does he and start that, to suspect it that night or, yeah. or what? Right? Leading to the conclusion, like once he finds out about Scarcrux, the conclusion is Harry will have to die. Mm-hmm. Harry will have to at least sacrifice himself. Yeah. And that's not something that was written in the prophecy. No. Or, or mm-hmm. said in the prophecy, yeah. Nope. Uh, the most mm, surprising thing in Order of the Phoenix for me was that this book was all, again, set up by Dumbledore, a decoy, a plan to stall for more time because now Dumbledore suspects, oh my goodness, there's more than one Horcrux and I need to find them. And the crucial information is I need to know how many there is exactly because as Irvin points out, if I don't, if if we found five and there's actually six or seven, mm-hmm. and then we go on try and kill Voldemort, well, yeah, it's not gonna work. Like he's right. gonna come back again. If there's only four and we're hunting for five, mm-hmm. then we waste so much time to hunt for another Horcrux that's not there. Yeah. So it's super important that he figures out the, the exact number, mm-hmm. and he hopes that Voldemort, aka Tom Riddle, was so full of himself that he would f- he would set his mind on a certain number it has mm-hmm. to be meaningful everything's yeah. meaningful right so he right. N- has to figure out what no- what's the number and who could who, who could know? know who talked to young tom riddle mm-hmm. about this yeah so he starts to go back in his own mind and think who is he closest to and he remembers yeah. slughorn yeah and decides hey i'm gonna go check and see if slughorn wouldn't mind coming back first i think Irvin does say that he believes he acquired that false memory from slughorn directly after Goblet leading into That's Order of so the cool Phoenix. That's so cool to think about it, yeah. Yeah, and he goes and says, hey, I got to talk with you about something, and then yeah. can you give me a memory of that conversation you had? And then he's like, also, I want you to come back and teach at, at Hogwarts. And That year, yes. I bet you he goes back to the castle and says, this is not right. It's been tampered with. Let me try to get Horace to come 
directly and that teach yeah. or whatever. And, that, well, and, and then Slughorn's like, that's a bit too much. He wanted that memory from me. He's on to me. Now he wants me to come to, to Hogwarts. I don't think so, Dumbledore. And this is how, yeah. as, as it's proposed and theorized, that he ends up with Umbridge yeah. instead of someone else who could... Slughorn is probably scared because he knows. Yeah. He He's one of the only people who know about Tom Riddle and Voldemort and... Voldemort just came back, so right. Horace just probably went into hiding at that very moment when he found out. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Umbridge is there instead and ruins Dumbledore's plans a little bit. But uh, but the cool thing is something else that you, you mentioned is, uh-huh. and what, what Irvin mentions a lot, is that there is this, um, Dumbledore does, the, everything is about timing for him. Yes. Is sort of set, like buying enough time yeah. to do these things or moving people around in such a way that gives him time to either hunt for horcruxes or for harry to acquire more skills Mm -hmm. or whatever it is to be better prepared so that way we can actually do this and accomplish our task Mm -hmm. so he says and dumbledore kind of we we already saw this he used Mm -hmm. quarrel and and book one to be a training ground right for harry and so then he'll use the order of the phoenix oh yeah uh, to guard a prophecy that he knows doesn't mean anything yes the rest of the prophecy Irvin says this the the fandom has been debating for a long time what is the meaning of the prophecy what the deeper mean is there anything that Voldemort didn't know before that would help him actually he talks about a weapon right yeah a huge weapon that would help him destroy or fight the chosen one yeah for sure it's (laughs) it's it's all meant to keep uh Voldemort's attention there um he makes the order really believe that this is something yeah i mean he plants the idea there with sirius and sirius and lupin are talking about this potential weapon yeah that's not what it is at all no it's just more information it has the most crucial information he already has Voldemort already has the most crucial information through snape who overheard trelawney and dumbledore right back in the day but then he's also he's got snape kind of going back moments after in goblet of fire Mm -hmm. to say hey i could be your double agent again and then so in order he's using him to sort of say hey guess what um, I only heard a, por- a, a portion of that prophecy. There is more to it, and so oh, that that he sort of Snape to plant yeah. that idea in Voldemort right. that there's and more to it, and he needs to go after it. Yep, and they've got agents in in the ministry, and they're starting yeah. to notice that, like, oh, the Order of the Phoenix is guarding this yes. each and every night. Something is up. He creates this whole hype around this prophecy, which right puts a and, lot of li- lives at stake yeah and he's starting to realize and i think even as you go into this he he starts to realize the connection between their wands as well as the scar he knew all the way back in sorcerer's stone and Irvin points this out mm-hmm. as well that there was a connection between harry even says oh so Voldemort put a bit of himself in me mm-hmm. he says that in sorcerer's stone yeah now Irvin will say that he doesn't think Dumbledore knew about Scarcrux then at all. He did, he did yeah. not. He doesn't think that there's some sort of transfer of power is is there. But I yeah. would wager almost. I mean, not because Voldemort hasn't returned, so therefore he can't really like use the connection no, between yeah. their minds. Yeah. So he may have in in Chamber of Secrets been like, you know what? I bet Harry might. All, he could have. You could argue that maybe he thought Harry was a Horcrux there but yet didn't see any danger in it because he's Vapormort and he's right. he's unable to connect with Harry that way. But when he returns and Harry talks about the burning of his scar, uh, yeah. which which happens in the in the dream uh, with caretaker Frank and all the things that take place and seeing clearly through Voldemort, mm-hmm. then he knows for sure at the end of Goblet that something is up. And so when you go into order, he's avoiding. Yeah, he's avoiding Harry and saying, I'm out. I'm not I'm not going to look at him. I don't want him. And you said this. 
to use. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I forgot. Yes, he tells him about, does he tell him about Frank and how he saw that? Yeah. Because yes, that's when Dumbledore probably suspects, oh, yeah, there's he's, a deeper connection or... Right. Yeah. Probably something that Voldemort would never want Harry to see. Exactly. That's that's your that's your yeah. clue in Goblet of Fire that yeah. that Harry is seeing the Dark Lord. Yes. And he's seeing him. Um, yeah. He's he's connected to Nagini a little bit actually. True. Right? Does he see Dumble? Uh, sorry, Frank's death through Nagini. I don't know. It's a little bit hazy as to how it's all. I don't remember exactly what he says. We have to go look that up. I think but he's there's third just some, person. Yeah. And then I think also that's how the dream or dream air quote dream with arthur starts well and the, then he switches to yes. the snake's point of view right yeah for sure mm-hmm. and he uses mm-hmm. yeah so that's i mean dumbledore is, is sort of tipped off that there is that that connection yeah and he avoids um, harry yeah and, and i think in goblet he starts thinking it right away okay so mm-hmm. i've got to avoid harry um if if for example he could use Occlum or legitimacy through nagini or through whatever his own connection to Harry's mind and then use legitimacy through Harry to me, yeah. he might catch me with my guard down and actually yeah. read my own mind and my right. own thoughts about what I know about yeah. the Dark Lord and his Horcruxes and his secrets and what I'm up to. So he avoids Can't that he, in, until that. he can deal with it yeah. more and until Harry is able to control yeah. his mind and until the end of that book when Harry realizes, they realize that Voldemort doesn't want to be in Harry or inhabit his mind in any way, shape, or form because no, yeah. of the love that Harry feels and experiences mm-hmm. and he can't stand to sort of abide yeah. in that same place. Yeah. So, it, therefore, occlumency as well as the idea that, like, ugh, no, uh, yeah. love is, ugh, no, I'm out. Like, Harry's, yeah. too lovey. <laughs> Harry's too lovey-dovey. I'm yeah. gone. <laughs> um, so, you know, th- and then from there you go on to these... Uh, yeah, it's just an interesting thing. Now, what this was fascinating. I mm-hmm. didn't think, and I don't know if you have this in your notes or not, but he says later he was just waiting for an opportunity for the ministry to come and say, hey, you're out of here. Umbridge is in charge. Oh, yeah. And he's like, let's go. I'm yeah. not going to Azkaban. I've got some horcruxes to yes. hunt. You know, so he goes about his business. It frees him up from his yes. duties as headmaster yep. to go do his thing. He can because only travel it so much. Suspic- it would have been suspicious. It would have looked very yeah. suspicious if he left Hogwarts, you know, as a headmaster for the whole year while everybody's busy with, with the prophecy over here. Mm-hmm. Um, he could not just go hunt for Horcrux memories or for hints yeah. and stuff because he was still headmaster and followers of Voldemort would have figured it out that he wasn't there. Now there's a reason though because he was suspended and even they wanted to take him to Azkaban or somewhere in Dumbledore. Yeah. yeah no, I'm not going. Right. <laughs> they, they, they basically arrest him for raising an army, Dumbledore's right. army. And and he, and he says, yeah, I did it. I mean, he could have said absolutely not and yeah. stayed on yeah. and he could have come up with some other clever thing. But he, you know, Harry gets the sense that, no, this is what Dumbledore wants, yeah. and he's got this. Now, as you just mentioned, too, and as Irvin mentions in his book, um, and I, but by the way, let me just say, too, that the book is a great way to go back and re-experience the whole fandom yeah. in one quick sort of, what was it? Was it a 12-hour, 10-hour book? I'm yes. not sure exactly. It was something like that. And so, but you can just go, and that's what that's the length of essentially one of the Harry Potter books. They right. get longer and longer, like somewhere yeah. 20, 30 hours. But 
essentially you can get a, a, a quick one book just boom like yeah. Dumbledore's perspective his plan through the whole series and you get a good refresher on everything so uh, if you're looking to to do that this is a perfect book yeah. for you to listen to and just to dive we'll into. We'll link it down below. Yeah, blah, for sure. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> but he he cuz cuz we were as we're listening to it we figured out like oh yeah, he does cultivate all of these different um, memories, right? He right. goes through and sifts through in the pensive all of the different memories of Voldemort to try to figure out now I know there's more than one horcrux, which ones would they be? Yeah. And he starts to do some interviews and go around and collect other memories and what, which he then shows in the next book to Harry. Yeah, um, the part where Dumbledore, right before he goes, he says, "Harry, you got to learn occlumency." Because the Nagini incident, when Harry says, "Hey, I had that dream that was very real," mm-hmm. and then they find Arthur and it was actually true, and Dumbledore's like, "Oh my goodness!" Now this is actually a positive event for Dumbledore as he now can confirm almost certainly that Harry and Nagini are both horcruxes and probably Harry is the unintended horcrux now Nagini is one that's definitely intended because it was always a little strange how does how does Voldemort communicate with his snake that well and since Harry was able to enter her mind unintentionally that confirms to Dumbledore okay they're both horcruxes Mm -hmm. what is absolutely crucial now to him is that Harry learns how to shut his mind what do you call it close his mind yeah yeah uh, from Voldemort to get in, so to learn occlumency. And a thing that was very, very risky is to assign Snape to teach him. Because Dumbledore could have taught Harry himself, but A, he gets taken out of the school. He needs to do other things, right, with the Horcrux hunt or the memory hunt. And he fears that that would give Voldemort an opportunity to somehow control Harry's mind and see into Dumbledore's mind or hear what Dumbledore's saying mm-hmm. um, and make conclusions that Dumbledore might be onto something with the Horcruxes. That yeah. would be awful because then Voldemort would just hide the, the Horcruxes or, or keep them close or, you know, he can't know that Dumbledore knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also, though, a huge risk to have Snape teach him because Snape's memories are super vulnerable. Snape is a double agent. If Voldemort finds out about Snape's, th- he's done for. And not only Snape's life is in danger, but also Dumbledore's whole mission because he relies on Snape almost as much as on Harry. Yeah. Like Harry and Snape are his biggest, most important chess pieces. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's why he puts a, a, a pensive in there. And Snape puts his most important memories in the pensive. And then Snape absolutely freaks out when he sees Harry... Um, looked at the memories in mm-hmm. the pensive. Yeah. And thankfully, he only, air quote only, saw bad memories of Snape being bullied by his father. Right. And nothing that he promised to, to Dumbledore or, you know, the double agency thing. Yeah, there's tons of asides, though, that Irvin makes. Like, he does make an aside that... Um uh, that that Snape almost baited Harry into that, wanted to show him just enough, uh, but also was very worried when Harry did that, you know, yeah, because he could yeah. have seen things that, that would have compromised everything if, mm-hmm. if he's not trained up enough in occlumency uh, to defend himself. So there's information there that definitely cannot be accessed. Yeah. And I think you and I were wondering too, like how does Snape go face, well, how does he go face oh, Voldemort, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know? And then not expose all of Dumbledore's secrets. Well, he uses the pensive. He tosses those bad boy he memories must, in there. Probably. Before, because that way he can be open. I mean, otherwise, if he's using occlumency against 
Voldemort, wouldn't Voldemort know? Is there is there a it's, tell or yeah. is there not a tell? You know? I always wondered, yeah, how does Snape so people say he's the biggest best Aquaman's master of his time because he was able to keep Voldemort out of his mind. But ha- had he done so, wouldn't that be super suspicious to Voldemort? Since he probably uses legitimacy all the time on his followers to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what if Snape, he tries to do that and Snape's like, nope, you know, he closes his mind and Voldemort's like, what, what are you doing? Like, let me in. I want to see what's going on there. Yeah. So is that, is he just, is he just using occlumency against Voldemort to close his mind or is it, is he altering his own memories to show Voldemort false memories? Is that part of occlumency too? Hmm. You know how how yeah. Horace Lockhorn he alters his memories, right? It's Can been you do that with, on the spot? Yeah, on the fly, probably not. That's tough. I mean, maybe, you, ma- yeah. yeah, maybe you can. I mean, we'd have to ask Professor, Professor Lockhart um, <laughs> how that's done. You know what I mean? So he probably wrote a book about again, it. Again, I will go back and say probably an Jesus under Lockhart. an underrated wizard. Like, think of how important <laughs> Professor Lockhart would have been to the cause if he could alter memories for folks in in a precise way yeah. so so that they could go interact with Voldemort have their minds be read and him not know that they had been altered whatsoever because of the genius of Professor Lockhart are like, you talking about Lockhart other... yeah yeah oh okay yeah, yeah if Lockhart were able to sort of like if, if they if, if Dumbledore embraces him and says hey look you've got a gift here all right you've got a gift I need you to straighten up and stop yeah. all this nonsense I need you to hone that skill. Yeah. Because I'm going to need you to later with Severus or whoever yeah. that I send to Voldemort or Harry or whoever, or if I'm ever captured, whatever. I need to be able to 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 modify things in such a way that there is no trace. Yeah. And that the Dark Lord is I mean, it really could have been one of the greatest weapons used against Voldemort is to is to let him truly believe some false, you know, uh trail. Yeah, and and use that against him. True, right? True. Set him up in some yeah. way, but no, and, 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 but no. Well. Instead, <laughs> right? No, instead we 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 as a fandom sort of jump all over Lockhart. Nobody tries to talk to him. Nobody. <laughs> no, we just Poor send Lockhart. him off to. Okay, sorry, done. Yeah, Lockhart. No, good, I love yeah. I, oof, man. He's uh, he's hilarious. I just love him. Well, uh, Molly still loves him. She probably does. She's yeah, still keeps she's still reading his books. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, basically to conclude Order of the Phoenix, a completely useless hunt for, for the prophecy that gives Dumbledore some time to look for Horcruxes and in, in the Half-Blood Prince, we learn he, he teaches Harry most of the things he, he figured out. But the summer in between Order of the Phoenix and Half-Blood Prince is when something happens that, that alters all of Dumbledore's plans. Something unexpected. What is it? is that he finds the Gaunt's ring, a.k.a. the Resurrection Stone, in the ring. And Dumbledore made a huge mistake. It's very, very sad because he just wanted to see his family or he thinks he might see his family and Ariana again one last time through the Resurrection Stone. So he, at some point in his life, he was hunting for the Hallows and the ring hosting one of the Hallows. The, the resurrection stone inside of them. Yeah. Dumbledore was hoping for for a moment he forgot about all about the Horcruxes and that it might be cursed. Yeah. So he puts on the ring because he would like to tell his family how very, very sorry he was and, and yeah, just yeah. forgot all about it. He also, though, so one of the things I think Dumbledore, a big mistake he makes is that he is, 
and he says this, you know, he, he thinks that, don't, uh, that Harry is going to make the same mistakes that he makes. But um, he actually is so confident in his own abilities and his own self that he's like, nah, there it is. Like, why not? Just do it. He doesn't really, it's not, it's, yeah, the Horcrux is guarded, but I think it's sort of like, I'm the most powerful wizard there is. Right. And he just lets his guard down completely and he's overconfident. Yeah. It's the same thing yep. that the Dark Lords do in most of the fandoms mm-hmm. that we're in. They're so overconfident in their abilities that they, mm. that they don't, um, that they underestimate teenagers and these other uh, lesser folk in their mind yes. that, uh, that are destined to destroy them. I love the point you made actually about him. So there's a um, parallel between Harry and Dumbledore and Draco and Voldemort and how they each underestimate the other side's, yeah. you know, main teenage guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. hero, <laughs> whatever you want to call him. Right. Yeah. Um, D- Dumbledore underestimates Draco um, and literally Draco undoes his plans straight yeah. up. Actually, yep. he knows what's so crazy is that Dumbledore knows Draco's doing this the whole time. And... I mean, just ig- they they sort of ignore it. He actually gets Snape involved with Occlumency to the point where Snape can't focus on right. Draco. They lose track of Draco and think yeah. he's never going to be able to figure out anything. So what's he going to do? Right. I mean, he's going to catch me off guard and do what? Oh, disarm me. Yeah. You know, in my weakened state when I'm traveling. I mean, he got me. Yeah. And he also got Death Eaters in the building. So same thing with Voldemort. He's just like, he, d- he underestimates Harry. He already did it in Goblet of Fire and he continues yeah. to do it over and over again. And then you, yeah. So that's what these these high and powerful, mighty wizards do is they think so much of themselves that they yeah. they let their guard down and they um, overestimate their own skill and do stupid things like, you know, because maybe if it's any other curse, if it's any mm-hmm. other curse that, and it's not the ring, you know, because the ring is so closely attached with resurrection, bringing people back from the dead, that there's like a death curse on it, mm-hmm. you know, whereas the other ones were more, um, I don't know, like they, they, they could wear the user down, they could possess you in some way yeah. or, or whatever. There's different types of curses that are on them, different mm-hmm. types of protections. And this one is just awful. This one is so powerful I don't know what it that is. even Dumbledore cannot do anything about it. He He's I clever he's, enough to 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 bide time to right. get back I think to he, Hogwarts. I think he says most wizards would have died right away Instantly. on the spot. Yeah. And he has a whole another year also through Snape's help, right? He helps him with some kind of potion. Right. Oh yeah. Spell oh, he contains it in his hand. Yeah. I mean, the fandom wants to know for for years they wanted to know why didn't Dumbledore just cut his hand off? And it just doesn't work that way. No. Yeah. You know, it's contained there, why don't we just cut it off? No, it's t- it's tied to his essence and it's tied to who yeah. he is. It's contained there, course, yeah. so the hand is is dead. But it will once it's unleashed, it will be lethal. It will kill him instantly, and there will be yeah. nothing that Dumbledore can do. Um, but yeah, it's the idea that he he does. He says right there that look, I was actually most wizards would have died instantly. So it shows you he believed he had some skill, regardless of what the curse was, to handle it. Mm-hmm. He just underestimates how lethal this is, and he's like, oh snap, this is really good. Yeah, really good yeah. curse work. And I was not like expecting this, and I was yeah. expecting to see my family come yeah. back, and I was emotional and all these different things. A weak moment. Got Dumbledore in every One way possible. One weak moment. Yeah. yeah. And Dumbledore realizes, no, I have to have my guard up. But he still underestimates, like you said, he underestimates Draco completely. And doesn't think that Draco is going to achieve his goal and let Death Eaters into the school. That's why he thinks when he goes on um, on that journey with Harry to get the locket, mm-hmm. he thought he would have time to come back with Harry and show him how to destroy the Horcrux yeah. in the locket. And he never got to that. Right. Because... Draco achieved his goal, 
and Death Eaters are at school and the whole showdown um, battle of the astronomy tower happens. Mm-hmm. And another crucial thing happens is that he gets disarmed by Draco, which totally yeah. messes up any Everything. plans that were tied to Snape being the owner of the Elder Wand or the, yeah, the true owner yep. having el- the Elder Wand's allegiance. Yep. So many ways that this came to be a super risky thing. Cause yeah. we'll, we'll talk about in Hallows. Once you get to, the, the memory, the flashback, the Snape memories where you learn that, oh, um, he actually just loves and wants Harry to live a good long life. So yeah. he's basically already told Snape, like, don't tell him anything until the last possible moment. Right. So and then he was thinking, I'll be able to tell him a few things here. Well, he doesn't fill Snape in before he dies yeah. on the stuff that, hey, I was about to tell Harry how to you know use the sword. Yeah. And he's only and I thought this was interesting, too, about what portraits can say and what they can't say. Yeah. And that essentially you have to tell your portrait enough in your in your living yeah, l- form. Oh, you do? Yeah. There's certain things that your portraits may not be privy to because okay. you didn't tell them. You mean like, yeah, and, the, the Dumbledore's portrait in the office in the right. headmaster's office. Yeah. yeah. And there's mm-hmm. certain things that you would want your portrait to sort of know and understand yeah. and be able to uh, to, to talk about, to to, yeah. to have your essence and, and, and whatever. But yet it's more what specifically they know or what they're allowed to talk about. You kind of can, Pat, you can let that be known sort of. It's what it seems okay. like. Okay. It's what it seems like from what I've been yeah, reading. Yeah, because why, on the other hand, yeah, why would have harry not just talked to dumbledore about everything that dumbledore failed to tell him before he died right and so it's essentially that like he might have said don't tell him yeah who knows i don't know exactly what it i mean dumbledore's sleeping the portrait is sleeping so maybe oh he's awake spirit has not arrived there it's possible that's possible but it's also (laughs) that i think people have debated that it's like some instruction was given to his portrait to not give harry any of this information until he left hogwarts or something like that wow okay or or something. There's some sort of I don't know what it is. I've not really looked into it deeply, but I have tons of Reddit threads open here yeah. that I'm looking into, <laughs> uh, for sure. But yeah, so it's yeah. just a cool one to think about. Well, at least Dumbledore managed before he died um, to create a very very convincing copy of the of Godric's Godric Gryffindor sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only a goblin can tell the difference. Humans can't really tell the difference between the swords, um, and that's how so clever. He already planned, how can I get Voldemort to reveal where he would hide something very valuable yeah, that he yeah. can't lose? Yep. Um, yeah, pretty awesome. And yeah. it works. That's, that's the, this part of the plan actually works out. Yeah, for in sure. the end. But again, uh, as we move into Deathly Hallows, so much is up to chance. So much just happened because they were lucky. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there was so many... How many plans were there? I think Irvin pointed out like four or five different plans that Dumbledore had at some point in time. And then yeah. he changed all his plans because he grew so fond of Harry that he just couldn't get himself to, to tell him sooner that Harry would have to sacrifice himself. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the flaw in the plan <laughs> essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, the timing when Dumbledore formed most of the plan was in early Prince. So early, Harry's sixth year. And he wasn't able to tell Harry everything he needs to know, especially how to destroy a Horcrux. So that took a long time for them to figure out. And Dumbledore can't be sure that what he thinks will happen when Voldemort tries to kill Harry will actually work. So even if he tells, so he thinks if Harry, if Harry sacrifices himself, that should, in my theory, in Dumbledore's theory, should protect Harry, though, through the blood protection that mm-hmm. now Voldemort has in himself. Mm-hmm. 
and should kill only Voldemort's part of Harry's soul. Yeah, so essentially, like from Goblet... But he doesn't know for sure. (laughs) Yeah, from Goblet of Fire on, he... He at least has something in his back pocket that says, I have a very good idea that this is probably what's going to happen, but I am not entirely sure. And so how do I, and he also can't give that assurance to Harry, otherwise then he's taken away like that choice, that true sacrifice bit. So if he tells Harry that, hey, I kind of think you're going to make it, then it it negates the protection, protection, the sacrifice that that he was working for. You sacrifice your life. Right. And I I, I don't remember if Irvin said that, but that's all the, I've done a lot of different shorts on the bond of blood charm and sacrificial magic and horcruxes galore and all this kind of stuff. And it's, yeah, it became really clear that that he, that choice mattered. And that's what mattered again for uh, Lily Potter, when Voldemort comes to strike yep. down Harry, is he gives her a choice. Yeah. And Snape basically, you know, Snape is the reason that Voldemort gives, you know, really, you look at this, Snape is the reason that Voldemort gives Lily a choice and that any yeah. of this is able to happen. True. So. Oh my goodness. I've never right. thought about it like that. Yeah. Snape, Snape is the, the only reason. reason. Yes. Why this protective magic can never, yeah. ever Yeah. There's a short yeah. I'm going to make tomorrow. Ooh. <laughs> But, but yeah, it yeah. is crucial. Sorry. Yeah. That Dumbledore convinces Harry he has to walk into the final battle with Voldemort willingly and ready to t- sacrifice himself with his head held high. And what I thought was <laughs> kind of funny that he says, you know, you have a choice. You Instead of choosing to be a victim of the prophecy and you can just ignore the prophecy. Um, you Yeah. You, you have a choice to go in and say, oh, no, I'm going to sacrifice myself in here. I don't have to battle him. Yet yeah. Dumbledore lives like his entire plan is by trusting the prophecy. <laughs> yeah, but he exactly. He's also saying though, like he wants Harry to say, yeah, like act as as if you wouldn't have known about the prophecy, right? Exactly. What, what, what yeah. would you do? And yeah. So I would fight him. You know, yeah. I would take him out. Cool. cool. Prophecy yeah. says you're going to do that. Yep. So that's what's happening. You're, you guys are going to fight it out. So I just need you to be ready for that and and and. Uh, good to go so yeah the tough part is actually to get harry to go um the flaw in the plan twofold is that the prophecy just makes it a single one-on-one combat fight that he will fight him and he will have a power that the dark lord uh knows not and mm-hmm. really this interesting is that the Voldemort had a power that uh, the chosen one in dumbledore knew not yeah horcruxes Right. And so along the way, they have to kind of, that nothing in the prophecy touches on that. It's just so, sort of through their cleverness and and through their own skill that they will acquire that knowledge and then have to, yeah, as you're saying, kind of there defy the prophecy in a sense and go right. in and not put up a fight. It's doing the opposite of the prophecy because the prophecy is mentioning something much later on. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the problem with prophecy is that we think it applies to this particular situation. And I love, one, just a quick connection to Game of Thrones, yeah. what George R. R. Martin does so well in that series mm-hmm. is that uh, a witch or um, a prophetic character will mention a prophecy early on in the book, and that prophecy will then, air quote, kind of come true. You'll be like, oh, they said this was going to happen, and then you look at the end of the book, and you're like, ba-boom, mm-hmm. there it is. Yeah. But if you go back and look at the ambiguous wording of that prophecy, yeah. now, two to three books later that prophecy is fulfilled twice over (laughs) and so you're like which one was it talking about so it talks about the idea of what 
you know, who fulfills the prophecy. Yeah. For example, the coming of, of uh, Messiah or Christ, right? Yeah. It's foretold that he'll come again. And so, you know, is it this guy who comes up right. and says, hey, it's me? Or is it the next guy 2,000 years <laughs> later who's like, it's actually me. That yeah. guy, the guy was wrong. I mean, everything lined up for it to be him, but it also right. all lines up for it to be me. So yeah. prophecy is in how Ooh. it's interpreted and stuff and that like could that. Have been, yeah, it, it's actually the whole interpretation and choice was how it was given to how harry was made the chosen one by voldemort himself mm-hmm. and not yes. neville yeah because that's sure. how voldemort interpreted chose to interpret it that way right exactly and then yeah the the cho- choices are what matter as as Irvin mentioned that that joe uh mentions herself quite often is as this whole book is about is making choices yeah uh harry needed to choose to go into that forest and not fulfill the prophecy and fight and defy mm-hmm. him he defies him in a different way right he becomes a master of death and doesn't fear it so yeah yeah twisted love it can we also talk about the alternative ending that we yesterday kind of fell in love with absolutely okay so it was a backup plan of dumbledore that if harry actually ends up being killed so his theory if in case his theory is wrong and harry does sacrifice himself but in the process gets killed yeah um that snape could have taken over and hopes that he can make him the new owner of the elder wand right to finish then finish off the dark lord by he has harry's protection because harry just sacrificed himself and hopefully he has the advantage of the elder wand that wasn't planned like an early on plan before the whole elder wand allegiance thing happened right. with with draco um but how how epic would the ending of the whole harry potter series actually be if harry died a true hero putting his sacrificial magic on everyone and then snape we have no idea yet as a reader that snape's actually you know the double agent and the good guy mm-hmm. and then snape reveals in the final but we we think all is lost harry is dead who's gonna now finish off the dark lord the yeah. dark lord is invincible now yeah then you drop on the audience or the reader okay harry just um protected everyone through his sacrifice mm-hmm. and then snape comes out yeah and reveals everything yep and his last words would be for lily and for harry and he would be the one to finish the dark lord and he would be a war hero yeah be a big memory also of harry as a war hero right everyone would you know of of course it would be sad but how epic of an ending would that have been yeah just turn the table around here i am all time i was the double agent i am destined to finish you off yeah yeah, it would have been huge. It would have been a huge reveal. It would have been awesome. And you, what, what we talked about yesterday was you go back and essentially, you know, as Draco walks out to, to do his thing, um, maybe Dumbledore is focused on Draco and Snape uh, disarms him. Boom. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Okay, done. Now he is the master. And this is, is essentially what they were planning. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't yeah. know whether or not, and J.K. Rowling kind of confirms this on her website, Irvin mentions this, that uh, Dumbledore was not sure whether Harry would live, as, as Lottie just said. And you go into that thinking, okay, now he, he dies. He doesn't make it. And I went as far as to say, okay, if he's master of Elder Wand, perhaps there's things that, that can be done. Maybe he can, maybe he could force another wand into um, the sort of priori in what's it called the whole incantatum yeah Yeah. and and basically force it to kind of bring harry back yeah right and harry could also be there witness it all witness it all and and speak you know from snape himself right learn that learn that truth as well and and yeah just a whole 
a whole other ending that would have been like absolutely nuts, absolutely crazy that Dumbledore really kind of maybe was heading towards. Like, hey, yeah. Harry's got to go in there and do it. All the Horcruxes need to be done. Yeah. And then let's give it to the double agent who's close that wouldn't suspect. And let's get him with the master wand. You know, let's get yeah. Snape in there close to him. And when the moment's right, boom, spin on him when he's alone. No Death Eaters or when he's got his no, guard I think, down. I think gets it him, would be boom. in front of everybody. Oh, yeah. For, oh, I mean, just without epic. his Death Eater in some yeah. way or shape or form, call him yeah, out no in single combat. Yeah, no one can protect him. And, and maybe Voldemort is, again, too full of himself and knows he just killed Harry Potter. He's like, you stay away. He's mine because, mm-hmm. you know, he's a traitor and I'm going to finish him off. Yeah. It's like, I don't think so maybe they'll do the hp show and they'll do an alternative uh, ending oh like just how the be nuts that would be nuts because yeah the isn't that the case in in um game of thrones they have a totally different ending and the books are not even right the books are not finished, finished and so they very well yeah. are gonna have two totally different, different endings, endings? Oh. yeah it's crazy to That's think about wow so last point i want to discuss in deathly hallows why again we had a same problem or similar problem with the prophecy in, in Order of the Phoenix. Why are the Hallows even in the series? Why are the Hallows even, why did they become important in the last book and even deserve, the book is even named after them? Can, can, can you tell me more about that? What are your thoughts yeah. on the Hallows? Yeah, so what's interesting is, and I just wrote a short on this, is that if, if, if Dumbledore wanted to give Harry all of the Hallows, he could have done so in Half-Blood Prince. Right. He has them all, actually. Yeah. Harry has the cloak, uh, Dumbledore has the outer wand, and he yeah. has the resurrection stone. So he tells him that. He doesn't know that they're hallows, but he, I mean, Dumbledore does, but he's sort of explaining this to Harry, and then he will send him on a quest to go get the things that he actually mm-hmm. already had in his office and could have handed him. Right. So it's really not a quest for, it's choosing the Horcruxes over Hallows, as we learn, right? Yeah. And that's that's where the focus should be. But when the time is right, I want you to be as prepared as possible. So mm-hmm. here are also the Deathly Hallows that you can master death. But yeah. it's more of a moral or philosophical quest that he goes on yeah. uh, to, to learn and to understand that these are not things, just like the Sorcerer's Stone, yes. that you want to possess but not... Use. use necessarily. Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah. Yes. That and this was a quest for him to learn that and to actually choose death with his head held high. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, then we go on to other interesting things. Like, he didn't actually physically possess all three of them at any one single time. So, is there actually some extra magic in possessing those things? True. Or is there just lore and legend that say, if you possess all three of them, you're, you're invincible, you can be this powerful, magical person. Um, but Dumbledore sort of says, you know, look... By the time you get, you know, this opens at the end. So yeah. as you get right there to the end, he's not sure if Harry's going to live in the Forbidden yeah. Forest. Um, he actually doesn't move on himself and waits in limbo yeah. for Harry to show up so there so he can speak up. to yeah. him. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and you can say, well, it's happening inside of his head. Dominator's head's real. Okay. So <laughs> uh, he's there and he's waiting for him in limbo and does not necessarily move on. Dumbledore himself is not conjured up by the Resurrection Stone. He is waiting for Harry in limbo just beyond that point. Yeah. But the Resurrection Stone opens, or the snitch opens at the end. Yeah. Here's the stone. You have the cloak. And you. I, he was hoping, and, and this is what Irvin mentions, yeah. is that he was hoping Snape would call Harry in 
uh, or meet with him at some point mm-hmm. and allow him to he, him to be disarmed. Yeah. Uh, like he, if Snape is the master of the Elder Wand, then when it's time, let's go ahead and make like, you know, because right. he could have just done that already. He could have yeah. did it in Half-Blood Prince, but he didn't want to fill Harry's head with this nonsense. And he wasn't sure, is Harry going to make the same missteps that I made as a young boy as well? Yeah. Right. So he underestimates Harry and really Harry would have been fine. You know, they wouldn't have gone to his head. He decides to do something different with the Elder Wand at the end of the series than what maybe his friend Ron Weasley would have done with it. Like, oh, really? The Elder Wand? Come on, right. man. Are you serious? Like, <laughs> yeah. maybe we should hold on to that, etc. Yeah. So and but Harry's like, no, nah. he, he knows what to do with yeah. it and is, is good. So, yeah, that's kind of the idea there um, on on the, on the Deathly Hallows is that it's it's not about picking those. Um, it's, it's about defeating uh, Voldemort. Yeah. And, and making sure that he is mortal when either he faces him himself mm-hmm. uh, or when someone else will have the chance to, yep. to fight him as well. So. Yeah. Um, so what's your big conclusion after reading this book about Dumbledore? What do you think? What's your opinion now on the headmaster? Well, I think that he's extremely smart. He's extremely intelligent. He knows that all the way through, he understands that Harry is destined to fight Voldemort, he's the chosen one. Harry's yeah. our best chance. He trains him. He clearly wanted him to be trained and be a veteran, an adult, live a good life, maybe grow up, have a wife, have kids, and then yeah. f- have to fight this Dark Lord one day. Yeah. Didn't expect this all to come so fast, and it does. So he is preparing for things very quickly. Right. Um, he does not know about Horcruxes when we start. So as he learns about Horcruxes, okay, we will have to deal with those. The real problem is in Goblet of Fire when Scarcrux is presented to him and he says, wow, how do we kill, how, how do we get rid of that Horcrux? Yeah. And then at the exact same time that he realizes Scarcrux is there, he realizes Voldemort just amplified Lily's blood sacrifice. Yeah. There's a chance. So yeah. you're like, well, tell him. And he's like, no, wait a second. He understands this blood sacrificial magic stuff more than anyone else, it seems like. Yeah. And he is very, very, very careful and says, I can't tell him because otherwise it may not work. We won't get the sacrificial magic of Harry uh, destroying the Horcrux himself, allowing Voldemort to do this. You know, so it's like anybody else could have just, boom, hit Harry with it and just taken him out. Right. Right. The whole point is, is that he wants <laughs> to crazy. use this to protect. Yeah. Um, protect the wizarding world from Voldemort and also if Voldemort himself does it there's some he says you're connected in ways that have gone far beyond mm-hmm. our, our understanding of magic mm-hmm. and so like if if he does this he's he has a sneaky suspicion that he's going to be a light side horcrux for Harry yeah. so hey go ahead and let it happen but I can't tell Harry this so Dumbledore allows himself to kind of look like a monster for a hot second yeah. in Harry's mind yeah. um, knowing that like there was a chance but I couldn't say anything yeah. I hoped and I wanted you I wanted you I wanted to prolong stuff as long as I could so you lived a good life and you were happy yeah. and you had a chance to experience things etc um, and there you go yeah, I mean, that's it. Same sort of thing with, um, actually, I find a lot of parallels in Snape and Dumbledore, that Snape himself also, like, j- just the way that, I, the, the only the only point in time where I really get a little agitated mm-hmm. with Dumbledore is concerning Snape. 
is the yes. way is his mistreatment of Snape, his abuse, yeah. his use yep. of of other of other people and things, and not giving people more information and and underestimating people and thinking less. He thinks less of Harry. He thinks less of Snape. He thinks. Um, but he's also a self-reflector who thinks on himself and says, I know that I do that. I have my own flaws. I yeah. don't, th- I think that I'm the most gifted, most talented, most whatever. And so I can't see how a boy like Harry Potter is able to have the Deathly Hallows and not go nuts with them. Right. I can't see how se- like that Severus Snape has, has done all these things to sort of redeem himself. Yeah. Um, and he is, when he first meets him, yeah, to be disgusted with him is one thing, right? When he gives, he gives Snape he's a second. He's also a teenager. Right. Yeah. He gives Snape a second chance. Um, and I think he is critical and hard on on Snape and the Dark Lord and I think he's especially hard kind of like Barty Crouch Sr. Mm. was on anybody who dealt in the dark arts yeah and it had not well I mean Dumbledore is because he was dabbling in the dark arts right. in his youth yeah. so now it's like I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna make darn sure that nobody sees me as a sympathizer for the dark arts right. so he almost sort of you know reverts back to this like very critical very cynical um using severus and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. and it's okay to do that because i'm on the light side and severus you weren't and blah blah blah. but he's forgotten again he's underestimating those people and not giving them enough credit true uh when he you know he gives himself too much credit he doesn't he does i mean he is critical of himself but he can't see that he himself was misled to wanting to subjugate muggles with Grindelwald uh, while also seeing mm-hmm. that Snape was subjugating muggles with Voldemort who was much more powerful, older, seasoned and was yeah. the Dark Lord whereas he was on an even power level with Grindelwald mm-hmm. and had equal say there yep, yep. and there's no power influence over one or the other necessarily right. and they both are uh, essentially guilty yeah. of that crime. They both are have a, have a wherewithal to say this is not something we should be doing. Yeah. Whereas Snape was abused and uh, bullied and belittled and, and so on and then offered a place of prestige with the Dark Lord. And the fact that Dumbledore can't see that but yet was able to you know, look at his own past and just forget all the things that he... It's, so there's, there's, there's criticism for Dumbledore. Yeah. But there's also he did not just... He did not just raise him as a pig for slaughter, right? He no. did not do that. He actually... Um, I now he, so I think at one point, even if there wasn't a chance for Harry to survive, yes, he would have been sad. What do you do? What, like, like, what are you supposed to do yeah. to defeat the dark Lord? You know, once and for all, either, either let him reign in terror, right. And, and just go nuts or tell Harry that, you know, there's, is there a way to destroy this Horcrux, yeah. um, without killing you in the process? I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. Not sure. And maybe he, maybe he suspected since Voldemort had taken on the, the sacrificial magic piece that it was possible um, but not sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot. It's really good. It was a really good read, and I think Irvin did a great job. Um, Mr. Cateman went through a lot of different theories, a lot yes. of different things. Has his own blog and has um, gone back and forth, and has mentioned. By the way, we only mentioned one or two, I think, writers uh, that he references, but yeah. he references a lot of different writers and different theorists uh, right. over the years, clear back in the early two thousand, well, mid to late two thousands, uh, that were writing about the Harry Potter series. So yeah. fascinating and. Uh, yeah. Very, very cool read. A good way to go back and get a good understanding of the whole series and to think about it from Dumbledore's perspective. Yeah, so. definitely. So if you get a chance, uh, go ahead and and read to make that your winter slash fall literature or whatever, whenever you listen to it. I don't know if you listen to it next year in the summer. <laughs> yeah. Take it on vacation with you or um, download on Audible. We will definitely link it down below. And uh, some last words for me. I love Dumbledore. 
I, st- I, I loved him before reading the book. I still love him as a character. And I think he had to make some really, really tough choices to save wizards and muggles, both from Voldemort's reign. And yes, he does lie to Snape and uses him and Harry uh, because it's necessary. Um, and I think it's beautiful how in the end, his whole plan, he could he made so many different plans. He didn't even know what's going to end up, like which plan is going to end up happening or, or becoming uh, before he died. He had no clue. And then what made it all work was that he cared too much about Harry. Yeah. And I think that he admits that and says to Harry, I, I think you're the better man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything I learned about you while we, you know, were at Hogwarts together and, and Yeah, Harry is better than both Dumbledore and Snape. Yeah. He is all around just a a, a good better and that's what that's yeah. what we have in our protagonist. Yeah. He is someone who uh he makes his own mistakes here and there, whatever, yeah. young, misguided, but but where those adults misstepped in their youth, he did not. And yeah. that's what you know, they, they they kind of point out. Hermione then says, Well, hey, Dumbledore also changed and so yeah. it's not just this one blanket that like okay, Harry didn't make any missteps in his youth, so now he's perfect. Um, But because we all kind of have those moments in your life, whether it's when you're young, uh, middle-aged, or older, where where we make a misstep, and it's all about how you respond. So this this story has all of that back and forth with Snape, Dumbledore, Harry, other characters around them. How do you respond to those moments where you... You know, you you wrong stepped, and you need to correct. Right. And you, we see that in Snape and Dumbledore, and then we see Harry yeah. also not making those same mistakes, um, and then having to do something that is is um, is difficult. And right. and our other characters can't see how how someone like that can can uh, can do it and go yeah. forward. So it's cool. It's, it's yeah. Great. And what this book actually did to me, I enjoyed reading it so much, and 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 it grew my I don't want to call it love yet, but. My interest for the character is Snape, and I can't wait to read Laurie Kim's book about Snape. Next. Oh yeah, yeah, same, same. Because I think there's a lot to be, a lot more theories and things that we can kind of glean from from that. It seems like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, all right. Anything else? I think we're good, right? Yeah. If you get a chance, uh, check out our YouTube because on our YouTube page we will be posting a lot of shorts, short ideas that we got from this book. Um, what are some some ideas or what's some, what are some questions? Uh, do you have some for us? Yeah, just little things. I mean, like there's sometimes just one-off line that uh, I read a lot on Reddit and Quora. Quora. Um, I also read yeah. all the comments on our, our videos over yeah. on YouTube, and we have some really good commenters there who are probably people that are also blogging about this stuff and writing their own things, just like Irvin is yeah. is done here. So different, different, different form. Um, but as as you're reading along, things like you know, um, looking at why Dumbledore so much hates or fears Dementors uh, kind of came up. Ooh, it was a yeah. one-off line that I was like, whoa, okay, there's something there. Um, and then uh, j- just little things that like reminders. As I said, yeah. this is not anything that Irvin really touched on in his book but it's just as you're going through it it jogged my mind to think like hey uh-huh. Dumbledore's father was imprisoned in Azkaban how many movie viewers know that and understand the significance oh, yeah, of it yeah I totally right? forgot about that and yeah, yeah so what 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 is that all about um, this idea as we mentioned early on about Neville Longbottom being there with the trio is there more evidence he mm-hmm. seemed to disagree with Laurie Kim I mm-hmm. agree with her and I think that he probably was supposed to to, to, be, to be a yeah. part of that and so that's an interesting uh, short and then is Dumbledore any better than Snape was one that I as I'm oh, I listening like yes. to this I'm sort of like well hold on a second you know we yeah. have this, this the fandom gives 
Dumbledore pass for plotting to subjugate muggles with Grindelwald, but not the the same pass to Snape, who was plotting to yeah. subjugate muggles with Voldemort, as I mentioned. So that'll be a short. Yeah. Um, the real reason that Hermione was granted a time turner, great thing. He referenced Josie, um, Josie Kearns, who was another person who was mm-hmm. writing about uh, some of the things about what Dumbledore knew when. And I love the idea. And I, I kind of came up with the phrase that uh, you have um, Dumbledore's counsel. That he oh. called a council, and this is something that she said. Uh, she didn't call it that, but I, in my mind now, it's the term. I'm looking for that. They Love they it. have all these different terminologies for things yeah. that happen. It's not l- written down anywhere. It's just a hypothetical, supposed sort of thing that happens between uh, chamber going into prisoner. But yeah, uh, Dumbledore's council meeting that he has at the Ministry of Magic. So that'll be a short coming up, and then tons of other things about Lupin. Why didn't he say more about Sirius, the Deluminator? Mm-hmm. How does it work? Uh, what's the real reason that Dumbledore avoided Harry during the Order of the Phoenix? Just just pointing that out. I mean, like, yeah. we, we we know it. But it's yeah. not really detailed in this book. But this book helped me go through and be like, well, yeah, wait. Like, what D- do moviegoers or p- people who just watch the movies know about that? And yeah. and I want to kind of pull that out. Because I have such a younger audience that watches those shorts that I want to do whatever I can to take them to the books. You know what yes. I mean? Go read the books. The TV series is coming out. Go go look at this fandom in a way that maybe you haven't before. And I see it all the time on there where folks are like, hey, in the books yeah. it says this. And somebody's like, hey, I'm not so sure, but in the movies it says this. And so you have this movie sort of canon. And then you also have... Um, you know, book canon. So really, right. really interesting. And actually, it's been hinted at that J.K. Rowling is going to go into the new TV show and actually give us a full on TV canon where we're going to extend yeah. these scenes. We may even see a Dumbledore Council meeting at the Ministry of Magic to grant Hermione a time turner, right, Ooh. to to potentially protect <laughs> Harry Potter yeah. in the event that Sirius Black does get That'd to him. A huge right? deal. Yeah, that she gets a time turner. Yeah. yeah. And so those are just a few, just a few things. Yeah, we might even live to see uh, the full story, the end of Fantastic Beasts, and and how all that with Dumbledore and Grindelwald actually went down. So yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what I really hope. Me too. Same. (laughs) But all right, friends, uh, we'll be back though with more. We're going to be diving back into Prisoner of Azkaban, getting into the chapter uh, rereads and so on. So we'll still be dropping here and there our our Harry Potter hangout through Prisoner of Azkaban, and then after Prisoner of Azkaban, we're going to figure out Gobble Fire what we're going to do. Uh, moving on from there. Also, just a quick mention, if you've listened this long, we uh, said, I think this was a couple episodes ago, that uh, maybe it was last episode, we were going to be dropping different content that was not super niche to Harry Potter. Just on kidding. This po- JK, okay? <laughs> we're just messing with you. Uh, we're not doing that. It's actually going to be uh, over on my other channel, which was our Star Wars Star Wars Hangout channel. That's now going to be the extended edition where we're going to drop all sorts of cool stuff. Wheel of yes. Time, uh, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, uh, Star Wars, you name it. Anything yeah. that we want to cover over there will be done there. So fear ye not. Uh, this shall remain Shell Cottage Radio where we discuss Harry Potter only, Harry Potter only <laughs> in depth. It feels so good, though, that we're nearing down where we want to go. and what we Sometimes you just full of... And, and, and I'm not saying that's going to stop, but we're, you know, as content creators, you're just full of ideas and what could we do? Where could we go? And, and it feels like we're just narrowing it down to exactly like our whole journey is going towards one or two major channels um, yeah. that we want to just focus on. And it feels good because it's, it's, it's hard to focus on too many things to stretch yourself too thin as we see with both Dumbledore and Snape in the series. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, to just, just focus on one or two things that we really want to pour our heart and our time and effort into yeah, yeah i think old bilbo explains it to, to gandalf that he was like like butter you know spread oh, yeah. too <laughs> spread too thin across <laughs> too thin like butter yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, all right, friends. Hey, thank you for listening to our Harry Potter Hangout segment, Theories from Tenworth. We appreciate you tuning in to Shell Cottage Radio, 94.7 COZY. We hope you'll join us in the future. And if you do have your own thought or theory, again, feel free. We love to read some messages. I think we do. In the next um, episode, we will have some mm-hmm. uh, some owl post uh I almost said transmissions, emails uh, <laughs> that we will be reading. Maybe these owls are sending transmissions. Maybe they days. are. They've upgraded. You know what I mean? So who knows? Portals and such. <laughs> but uh, feel free to send us a message at Fleur and Bill on Instagram or send us an owl at Fleur and Bill at gmail.com. Yeah. And thanks for joining us here at Shell Cottage this afternoon. Hope you all have a wonderful week. Take care and we'll see you next time. I'm so ready for some soup. Me. Knox. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.